Game Changers. Welcome to episode three of Purpose Potential Podcast, featuring none other than my beautiful cousin, Candace Carr. This episode was taped at my Purpose Potential launch and live taping in June of 2019. And one thing I love about Candace is how Holy Spirit led she is in everything that she does. I know it seems all deep and dramatic, but when I tell you Candace consults the Holy Spirit about even the most minute things and he never disappoints. At the end of last year, she reached out to me and she, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, of course, and just asked if I needed any spiritual accountability. And I was like, yes, I am so grateful. And God has placed me on the hearts and minds of others. And she has been just such an asset to me this year, Um, not only in spiritual support, but just in friendship. And I am so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say. So check it out. Thank you so much for coming, Candice. So I had some really good conversation with Candice the other day that inspired the conversation that I want to have with you guys. Um, One of the things that I want to talk to her about is monetizing ministry. Um, But then I want her to talk to her about a concept um, called the power of one. But first, I want you guys to learn a little bit more about her. So tell us about you and your upbringing and just kind of give us a synopsis of how you started and how you came up today. What were you interested in? Photography or? Well, just in general, what were you interested in as a kid? When did you start in photography? Okay, when did I start in photography? So I'm about to tell a little bit on my age. My first camera was a Kellogg's camera. You had to put film in it. You found it in a cereal box. Does anybody remember that? It was a Kellogg's camera. And um, my dad, who um, is a very unique person, he sent um, the proofs, the cereal proofs. You needed so many. He sent them in, and then it came in the mail, and I was so excited. And I was about eight years old. Lived in the projects, heard shotguns every other night. You know what I'm saying? And this Kellogg's cereal box camera came in the mail, and I haven't been the same since. And I've been taking pictures since. He showed me how to load the film into the camera. I've been in the dark room. It's a lesson in that. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I've been in the dark room, and now I'm in the light, and it's turned into a ministry and a business. Beautiful. So you have been a youth leader for a significant portion of your life. So tell us about that, um, because you've been a youth leader for 18 years. Um, So to lead, that's a very early time to start to lead, because you're not that old. (laughs) You're not old, but you're really not that old. And so what, what made you move into that? Well, my first, my first youth leader experience was in South Bend, Indiana. I grew up at a church called Pentecostal um, under Pastor Alfred, and he just has a passion for young people. And as soon as I hit 18, I I knew I wanted to help other young people. And I had a cousin who would go to JJC. I don't know what y'all call it here, Um, but the um, JJC, we call it in South Bend, you know, where where the not nice kids go. And so, um, you know, but I love the girls there. And I would go every Saturday with my cousin. We would go and we would visit these girls. 
um, and we would talk to them. We would pray with them. We definitely had God's favor because, you know, you can't bring anything into the jail, not even a paperclip. We'd be in there with our boom box and CD players and gospel music, and they'd be like, here come Candace and her cousin. And we would have praise and worship with them girls. And what really touched my heart was one day I got a letter from one of the girls, and they didn't know my address. All they knew that was my name was Candace and that I went to Pentecostal Church of God in Christ. I went to church one day, and there was a letter at the church waiting for me, and she said, Miss Candace, I just want to let you know I'm going to be out in a few months, and I want to do the right thing. Keep me in your prayers. And I was like, if, if God can use me to make a change with someone that can't even get out, you know what I'm saying, someone that's confined just imagine what he could do through me, you know, for teenagers that's just walking down the street. And so I was like, Lord, I'm all in. And so I'm super excited. There's a, there's a youth leader in the audience. Um, so we've done, um, Young Life is another one. I mean, I, you got to cut me off. There's so many things I've done in youth ministry. I, there's Young Life. It's an international, non-denominational youth organization. And we don't drink. We don't drag them to church. We take church to them, and uh -huh. it's just wonderful. We've done that in Boys and Girls Club, YWCA, YMCA, Children's Family Services. I, you name yeah. it, I've been there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so tell me what you believe that your purpose is. Ooh, my purpose. That's what this is about. <laughs> my purpose. I believe my purpose is God's purpose. For me. I believe God's purpose for me is to use the gifts that he has given me through the Holy Spirit to help build his kingdom. And I believe that it is unique to me and that it is customized and it is tailor-made for Candace Renee Carr. Um, I believe there are things that I can do that no one else can do and that's why it's, an import why it's important for me to stay in my purpose. Yeah. Um, there's no one quite like me. And so I have done poetry. Um, everything in my life has kind of revolved around art yeah. in some way. And when you tune into that godly wisdom, you're able to look back at your spiritual resume and say, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And so when I look at my spiritual resume, I can see that my purpose is to reach young people through art so that they can be productive citizens and effective Christians in the body of Christ. So at what point did you realize that along your walk in youth leadership, even in the cultivation of your gifts? So you found the camera inside the cereal box. At what point did you realize that this was more than just something that you were passionate about or doing at the time and that this was your purpose? I think like anybody else, when we have that Jonah moment, when we're hard-headed and stupid and we're determined that we're going to do it our way and then we fall flat on our face. Tell us about um, it. So I was in college and I was studying art and I was just like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to be a youth leader and I can't stand Indiana. I'm going to leave Indiana. I'm going to go live in Florida and I'm going to be a youth leader there and I'm going to be happy. And the Holy Spirit was like, no, you're going to be a photographer, you're going to do graphic design, and you're going to help kids 
for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So over the course of time, you know, I just, I was like, okay, I was doing all these odd jobs mm-hmm. for photography and these events and youth leader, you know, people look like us don't always want to pay us. So I was doing all these things, you know, and they'd be like, oh, we gonna give you a love token. And it'd be like a gift card to the Christian bookstore and stuff like that. And so I was like, Lord, this ain't gonna put food on the table, you know? So, but you know, I got to the point, I was like, I just finally surrendered. And I was like, you know what? Your will, but not my will. Let me decrease so you can increase. You know, we know all the stuff to say. And, but I really meant it. And I, it was right when I left college, you know, after I had the degree, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, okay, whatever you want me to do. And I love God's timing and his orchestration. There's a very critical point in my life when I realized, okay, God, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, my husband is in the military. We've moved around a little bit. And we, it was one of the times we were stationed in Florida. Still taking pictures. I've always taken pictures. Taking pictures since I was eight. I was, I was taking pictures, and the Holy Spirit says, it was like one of them Abraham, Sarah moments. The Holy Spirit was like, a year from today, this is going to be your business. I'm not a business person. I really look up to Asia. She's awesome. Because I'm, I'm not a business person. I'm Thanks, not, y'all. I'm not, I, the, the whole I, world of entrepreneurship never crossed my mind. And so I just like taking pictures because I like taking pictures, you know? And so, and I love kids, you know, Christ and kids and art. That's just how I've always been. I never thought to make money off of it. And that's very important. You can't go into it trying to make money off of people. You got to go into it because you love it. It's what you love to do. And so I love taking pictures. Carl would make fun of me. He's a runner. He'd be running. He'd be like, you going to run with me? I'd be like, yeah, I'll go running with you. And I'd be out there with my camera taking pictures yeah. of flowers. Yeah. And so he was like, what is you doing? I'm out. So, so I would, um, I was taking pictures and he said, you know, a year from today, this is going to be a business. And I was like, I guess, you know, so, and this lady says she, she is pregnant and she says, I want you to take my maternity photos. And I was like, okay, you know, it's cool. So we go to the beach. We take all these beautiful photos. I I did do a good job. And it was real pretty, you know. And she says, we got done with the photo shoot. She says, how much do I owe you? I said, come again. And she says, I'm not going to let you do this, and I'm not paying you for your services. And in that exact moment, the Holy Spirit brought back to me what he said a year ago. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. And... It just took off. That, yeah. that was the summer of 2014. And as you said, the business started in September yeah. that fall. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that because, well, we're just in a time where everybody glorifies entrepreneurship and they're like, yeah, be an entrepreneur. And then, but with that, there comes like some job shaming that I have grown to hate as a full-time entrepreneur because I'm like, look, sometimes we be like, uh, what a job listings that, okay? Um, and so like... It, In this, I've realized that, look, let's be real. You know, people are painting this picture where people that are interested in entrepreneurship really don't understand what it takes to 
rely and build on this full time, you know, and I don't believe that entrepreneurship is everybody. Now, I believe that entrepreneurial principles can benefit everybody, but God can call somebody to be the CEO of a whole company that's already built, and he can call them to, you know, take possession of that and leadership of that, and so I do believe that we have to kind of change our thinking, you know, around that, but um, one thing that Candace said was that when she first started, God said, you're going to do this thing, and you're going to do it for free. You know, and so I think we all come in a crossroads in our life with what God has told us to do and us feeling like we have to make a living for ourselves. And we come in this point of like, okay, God, I want to do what you told me to do, but, you know. And so I believe that there's a certain degree of faith that we need to be able to, you know, actually even navigate both, because I believe that the season of transition is the most challenging season you'll ever be in, because you have to maintain where you are while having one foot up. And so it's like you're working double time and you're working, you're working over. But I want to talk to you, Candice, about like just some strategies. Like, how did you handle that? Because even me personally, I argue with God sometimes, like literally argue. Like he'll, you know, say something and I'll, you know, argue back and like literally, you know, like I know how God speaks to me, but I'm not always like when he tells me to do something like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Like it's not always that smooth. So in between that time where he told you that, was your faith high that he would do it? Were you doubtful? Um, how did you navigate taking care of yourself and still, you know, working on what you knew God told you would become a business? I think everybody, everybody's different. So everybody's struggle is going to be different when they transition to entrepreneurship. So honestly, it wasn't real hard Yeah. <laughs> um, because I am a checklist person. And so whenever the Holy Spirit tells me something, I fast and I pray and I listen and then I'm like, oh, okay. And he gives me a scripture and I, I turn it into a checklist. And Can so, you tell everybody about the scripture system that you told me about that you use? Oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, um, do y'all have, know the, the um, Olive Tree Bible app? You don't? Don't, okay, you don't got it, you need to get it. It's real nice. And so I have the Olive Tree Bible app and I love it. Um, and I read my scriptures on there. And so everything's highlighted different colors and my, my business scriptures are all highlighted in blue. And so as I read and as I pray and as I fast and as I seek the Lord's face, he, he reveals these scriptures to me that relate to business, just like we did the, oh. <laughs> just like we did the, um, the Matthew one, like, you know, like Asia did, Matthew and the talents, you know, and learning how to invest your talent and your money. That scripture can be interpreted in so many different ways, but, you know, it's how to maximize what you have. And so I, I take those scriptures, and there's more than 12 of them, but I use one for each month, and I let it be the highlight of that month. Um, there's some scriptures that actually talk about how to price your product, and when to raise it and when to lower it based on your target audience and the level of demand and sell and buy and sell. It's all there in the word of God. It's the most amazing business plan that you'll ever come across. And there's certain scriptures in there and there's more than 12. So I take each scripture, I take one scripture per month and when I run out at December, I roll over to January and yeah. continue it, and then they are put in a rotation. And that kind of helps guide my checklist. And I've been doing that since he revealed that to me. And so that's 
I wouldn't say my my bigger struggle is technology. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and my husband's an an electronic technician, and so he says I'm the technological assassin. But um, you know, he you know he helps me a lot. You know, with um, the technicalities and bandwidth and a whole bunch of terminology I don't know that goes into making websites and stuff like that. But um, yeah, as far as like okay, Lord, this is what you want me to do. And I know part of it is part of my upbringing and, and part of it is just because I'm just not crazy enough to, to disobey God like yeah. that. Um, I have had moments where I've questioned him, yeah. um, but I'm just, I'm just not bold enough to yeah. be like, I'm not finna do that. So um, I just, okay, Lord, as long as you lead me and you Walk give me, out. and like you said, God knows us. He knows how to talk to us. And so he knows, I'm a very organized person, um, so he knows I'm a, if he tells me something, I'm going to write it down, yeah. I'm going to make it plain, like it says, and have a cook Absolutely. and have a checklist and get that going. Got it. So I want to talk to you about monetizing ministry, because I believe that there are some very practical things that God will give us to do that, you know just normally we equate them with pay. And so it's like, okay, well, God has given me this and, you know, I can charge for it. But then there are ideas, even like the idea of being in youth leadership or things related to direct ministry. And when you serve God sometimes, um, why, honestly, I hear this often, well, this is my ministry. I don't, I don't really want to charge for it. I don't really, you know, but I believe that, you know, God gave us gifts and gifts were created to produce. And so that they will produce something. But also, I don't believe that God will give us an assignment and say, you can never experience fulfillment off this assignment. So how can God tell us, you know, this is what I want you to dedicate your life to. This is what I want you to be impactful as. But I won't allow you to sustain yourself off of it. That, that's competing interests. You know, so while I do believe that there's a process you know, to us getting to the point where we can do that, I do believe that the gifts that God gave us our good, and we exchange our value for other people's value, which is their money. But I would talk to you about your mindset as well behind monetizing ministry and then how you made that shift. Well, your gift will make room for you. Um, a lot of times we have it backwards, and that's where the confusion comes in. We don't make room for our gift. Our gift makes room for us is what the word says. And so as long as we operate in our gift, um, We'll be in the right vein, as a friend of mine would say. Um, and so, like I said, doing the photography for free, um, I grew up in a church that's very busy. <laughs> um, there's, there's always something going on. We're a big fine arts church, so there's always a mime team. There's always something. And so, you know, oh, we'll call Candace to do photography, you know? And so... Um, youth leader events, I mean, just, you name it, just, I, has anybody gone to a church like that? Am I the only one? Okay, so, I, I mean, you know, they just, they just, they busy, and so, every time, you know, they need a photographer, and I appreciated the opportunity, because I was still perfecting my craft, Absolutely. you know, and I believe God hides us, and allows us to do that, because he doesn't want us to present ourselves half-baked, um, and so I did appreciate those opportunities. But after a while, you know, you're kind of like, 
man, you know, I hear people saying your gift will make room for you, but it's got to be more than just my name being out there. Like, yeah. can I get a check? You know, like I told you about them gift cards. So, you know, I was like, <laughs> it'd be nice to, you know, like, you know, go to the bank, you know. So, right. um, so it, it did come to a time where I realized it's really all about, and I'm not trying to get too religious on y'all or nothing, but it's, you know, it really, to, for me, it really is about listening to the Holy Spirit and moving when he says move and listening and moving at the right time, talking to the right people, making the right connections, making the right networking. Because um, when you get caught up in yourself and just trying to, you're so bent on just making money, you'll miss all the other little things along the way that will help you transition from it being a gift of charity to being a gift of being able to provide a provision. Yeah. And so um, just listening yeah. um, and making that transition. And like I said, it ended, up, it ended up happening in Florida. But even in Florida, there was, uh, they would have events and I would be there yeah. taking pictures, you know, at youth events and stuff. And so dinners and galas, galas and all that. And so um, when the time came, there's a phrase, there's a popular phrase people always say, Success, I don't want to butcher it. I don't know. Success is when... Success, like if you Google success, when preparation like meets yeah. opportunity. Preparation meets opportunity. Success is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And if you can see it more as all this time, you're preparing, you're studying, you're making yourself better, you're tweaking what needs to be tweaked, you're, you know, buffing out, you know, all of that. When, when you're ready... Because sometimes we just throw ourselves into it and we're not even, it's great to have zeal and want to start your own business. And it's great to do all the bells and whistles. It's great to get the business cards and all of that. But if there's no meat there, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to be able to be ready. You have to be ready to transition ready to go into when it's time that to go. when it's time to go. And yeah. when she said, how much do I owe you? I was like, I'm ready. I didn't have the bells and whistles. I didn't have the business cards and the website and the t-shirts and everything else, you know, but I had the gift. The gift had been polished by then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you, your gift is polished and you're walking in your purpose, yeah. I feel like preaching now, Asia. Because of Candace. <laughs> you got to know who you are, yeah. too. You, and that's why I call it COTK, child of the king. When you realize you're royalty and you're walking in your purpose, you can charge whatever you need to charge because yeah. you know you are worth that product Come on. and that quality. Yes. So you you might be a little shaky and somebody say, well, how much should I pay you? And you're like, oh, $20. That don't even cover no overhead costs. Yeah. For anything, you can spend $20 at Five Guys. So, you Five. know, that's <laughs> you when you know what you're worth, you know what I'm saying, is that opportunity doesn't scare you. Yes. And I you're not going to be like Jonah running the opposite direction because you know what you've been prophesied about. Yeah. yeah. She just dropped the mic. I'll give her a little clap. <laughs> So I know who you are to me and how valuable you have been to me. I mean, like, there's some mornings I just literally call Cousin Candace, and I'm like, look, and she always got something very sound to say to me, and she prays with me, and she's very effective. She is my spiritual accountability. Um, but in this transition, I, I know that you're, you are spiritually sound. Um, and 
People are at varying levels in their walk with God and in their ability to hear. How important was it for you to have people around you speaking into you? And then what did those people look like? Because I have, I have a few different mentors. I mean, I have spiritual mentors. I have business mentors. Spiritual accountability, I don't believe that we should try to make one person our everything. I think that's just too much weight on anybody. But also, everybody has a very, you know, specific lane. And so, you know, you leverage the power of community. So who are some of those people that have been in your life and help you to successfully transition into purpose and also to monetizing your gifts? I would say like anyone who's like-minded. Um, we've all heard the phrase, you know, in the stories of chickens and eagles, you know. So when you talking about the royalty again. You know, when you, when you know who you are, you're not gonna just hang with anybody. It, it, doesn't, it didn't benefit me to, to be, my husband says it better, he explains it better than I'm gonna try to explain it the way he does because it makes a lot of sense when he does it. I, I don't wanna be the best C student out of D students. You know what I'm saying? Like. No, don't compare yourself <laughs> to somebody who's barely making it. Yeah. Um, that, does, that does no justice for you, and it doesn't help you in the long run. So I wanted to be around like-minded people. I, wanted to, I surrounded myself with people that had purpose. That's such a powerful word. That had purpose, that was doing something with their lives, that was going somewhere um, with their lives. One of them is sitting in the audience, um, very dear friend of mine. Um, Ramona just loves the Lord and loves kids. I, I knew whatever I was going to do, it was going to be around children and art. That's how it's always been. That's always been very clear to me. And so I surrounded myself with people who understood the importance of children and pouring into children and who understood and appreciated art. Because you get some people that don't understand art. And so I understand what you're saying, you need more than one person sometimes. So I have my friend here, Ramona, who loves kids. I mean, she just loves kids, you know, and especially teenagers. And I'm like, man, like, I need to, whatever, you know, we vibe off of each other. You know, iron sharpens iron. She's like, oh, Candace, I'm doing something with these kids. Can you make it? I'm like, I can't make it, but we can FaceTime, you know? Yeah. So, and I'll be like, oh, Ramona, I'm doing something for um, an event I had um, through COTK called Kimi. She the first person I called. I want to get young people involved. I wanted to try to create scholarships for young people if they wanted to go to school and major in art because that, a lot of that stuff ain't available. And so she was on it. She was my eyes and ears in South Bend until I got there because we was trying to make this thing work. And so, but then I was like, and she's an artist too. She does fucking work. But I also wanted someone who was organized, who was on time, who was focused, who had vision, and she had that too, but I, then I started looking for someone older, you know, and I know age ain't nothing but a number, but sometimes you need someone that's older than you, wiser than you, you know, that's been there, done that, then can, that can see you about to hit a brick wall up before you get there, you know, say, no, Candace, not, you know, so that would be Jan Mirable. Hands down. It would have to be this lady named Jan Marable. She is awesome. She's, she was my youth leader. And then she, we, our relationship was so close that when I turned 18, um, I, I would have to introduce her as 
the first time it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, this is my youth leader. And they looked at me like, ain't you grown? I was like, oh, this is my mentor. So then I had to start calling my mentor because she's always been there. She's yeah. been at every major event of my life. She's always been there. She's the person that I call when I feel like I've hit a brick wall. And um, what I love about her, what makes her such a great mentor, and this is something you should look for, is she never tells me what I want to hear. She tells me what I need to hear. Yeah. Um, and I have a few people like that in my life. Um, Jan, Ramona, and I, I have a friend called Candace. We got the same name. Um, but Candace, and they never tell me what I want to hear. They don't let me have a pity party. They don't let me sound sad about my situation. Yeah. You know, they're, they're like, and yeah. so get yourself together. Read your word, call me back, we'll call have this conversation back. again. And I just be like, man, you know, but those are the, that's how you can recognize a good mentor. They're not going to be your yes man, your yes girl. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to promote foolishness. You know, they're going to, they're going to be in your corner, but they're going to direct you the right way. They're going to give you um, what you need to get to the next level. Yes. Um, yeah. So the last thing I want to talk to you about is this concept of the power of one. And one thing is in the pursuit of purpose and in this transition phase, and we're looking at the Oprahs and the Martin Luther Kings and the Michael Jordans, but the reality of it is that everybody's call isn't that. You know, we know in the talent story, one person got five, one person, you know, got two. Everybody got a different number, and it said according to their ability. And so there is a person who may not be the person in the spotlight, but they still have a very powerful calling. And I was talking to Candace about Peter and Andrew, and I want her to tell you a little bit um, about that because Andrew is not the person in the Bible who is really given you know, a lot of the credibility, but he played that assist with Peter in multiple cases. And, you know, had he not showed up in his capacity, even though it didn't get all the recognition that he thought, well, not that he thought, he may not have been looking for anything, but he didn't, he wasn't the one that, you know, has the recognition that people aren't telling people. We're talking about Peter, you know, we're talking about other people, but if he was not there, this person was not able to fulfill their call or their destiny. So can you tell us just a little bit about that? This is just a conversation I was having with Asia. Um, but I was just trying to encourage her. You know, I'm just so proud of her. But, you know, we was, um, we was talking about, I was, I was telling her about Andrew in the Bible. And a, a lot of people know about Peter. Most of us, if, you, if you've been in any type of Sunday school or any church at all, you've heard the name at least once, you know, Peter, you know, the disciple Peter, you know. And I said, what, what, what I've learned when I read the Bible is, to me, Peter was emotional. You know, he was cussing people out, and then he loved the Lord. He's probably like most of us, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he was saved on Sunday, and he was at the club on Saturday. And so, but... Andrew, a lot of people don't talk about Andrew. And while we know Peter for all of, a lot of his good stuff after the book of Acts, um, or from the book of Acts on, um, Peter has the name and the fame. Um, he's written a lot. He has a lot to say. But if it wasn't for Andrew, we wouldn't know Peter. Um, a lot of 
people don't know who Andrew is. Tell us about what Bible. Andrew did. And Andrew is was one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, and he was out fishing, and Andrew noticed Jesus. And he says, this is the Messiah. And he said, wait a minute, let me go get my brother, Simon. Peter wasn't even Peter yet. He was Simon. He was a nobody. He was a fisherman, just like all the other hundreds of fishermen out there. And so Andrew went and got Peter and says, you need to come follow this man. He's going to change your life. And from then on, we knew Peter. And another situation is when Jesus fed the 5,000. Are y'all familiar with that story? You know, Jesus feeds the 5,000. Well, did you know that Andrew was the one that found the boy that had the two fish and five loaves of bread? Read your word. It's in there. So y'all be like, where she get this information from? I'm looking at some of these faces. Um, so, you know, it's in there. So Andrew played a very critical role. If it wasn't for Andrew, we'd be missing half of the New Testament because Peter is intertwined in so much of it. But if it wasn't for Andrew, Peter wouldn't have come on the scene. He'd still been out there in the boat somewhere. And even when he tried <laughs> to walk, wasn't that Peter said, Lord, save me? So, you know, Peter had a lot of issues, but we thank God for Peter <laughs> upon this rock. <laughs> um, but, you know, you never know what God wants you to do and who it's going to impact. One thing, and she hit on it a little bit, is don't covet anybody else's gift. Don't look at any other business, any other company, any other entrepreneur, any other gift and say, I wish, I wish I could do it the way that Asia does it. Man, she walks out here in them heels. I'm looking at them heels. I got them flat because I knew I didn't want to fall down them steps coming down. I said, I can't walk in heels. I'm not made for heels. Um, but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I could walk in heels like that, but I know that ain't for me. So I went to the store and got me some flats so I could stand Amen. when Asia called me. But, you know, <laughs> you got to know what, what you equipped to do and know your part. But I will, I'm going to close with this. I'm going to say, it's something that the Holy Spirit gave me a while ago. I know people say, stay in your lane, but why stay in your lane when he's equipped you to build the highway? Yeah, y'all give it up for my cousin Candace. <laughs> so cousin Candace, tell them where they can find you online. And you recently just launched a website. The website is www.cotkphotography.com. And so there is some things on there that you won't find on my Facebook page. And so I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Now, do you understand why I love Cousin Candace so much? Like, she is hilarious to add on top of all of that. But a few things that I want you guys to take away. Did you guys hear how she applies those scriptures to her business so that every month she focuses on another biblical principle that will help her to move forward and align? And even just as of recently, I was chatting with her and she's met all of her goals for the month. So this stuff really, really works. And as she expressed, you know, your ministry can be promoted to a business. So in whatever season God has you in, serve faithfully because you never know what he has lined up for you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by The Content House, a full-service media and project management agency. 
a.k.a. the group that has me feeling real official for Purpose Potential Podcast. The Content House offers a plethora of services for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and creatives to level up in their content and media game. Whether you're talking about photography, videography, audio, or video podcast recording, logo design, website design, they offer the works in a state-of-the-art facility in South Holland, Illinois. I encourage you guys to check them out over at thecontenthousechicago.com. I want to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this podcast to let me know you're listening. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Asia Korean. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. And you can use the hashtag Purpose Potential Podcast. Also, if you have any questions, you can email me at hello at purposepotentialpodcast.com. Allow me to reintroduce myself just one more time. My name is Asia Corinne McGee, and I'm on assignment to help God's kingdom ambassadors to maximize their impact. I'll see you next week on Purpose Potential Podcast.